today we're continuing our series entitled Expect the Unexpected. I want to invite you to say it with me. Expect the Unexpected. My question for you today is this. When you hear the statement, expect the unexpected, what comes to mind? Is it joy, anticipation, and excitement? Or is it worry, fear, and dread? I think for many of us, if we're really honest, as we step into the holiday season, we come with worry and trepidation and concern. Because frankly, if we look back, the holiday season hasn't always been so happy. There's been challenges and difficulties. We think practically about the fact that there's gonna be a long car ride, that our kids are gonna be difficult and challenging, and that we're gonna have really difficult family gatherings. Maybe some of us, if we're really honest, we're really doubting that we're gonna get any really good good gifts. We're gonna get unexpected gifts that we didn't think we ever needed before. But I just believe that God wants to do something unexpected in your life today and as we step into the holidays. I believe that God wants to do some unexpected great things in your life. I'm praying that your road trip would be free of trouble, that your kids behave and are perfect, and that your family gatherings are full of the peace of God. Because God is in the business of doing the unexpected, but he always does the unexpected good. In fact, he has unexpected blessings for us. And if I had to sum up this entire message today, it all hangs on this one idea. Follow Jesus and he will lead you to unexpected blessings. If we're willing to follow Jesus, he will always lead us to unexpected blessings. And so today I wanna share with you a story of something that happened right after Jesus was born that was unexpected. But it blessed everyone. It blessed Mary, it blessed Joseph, it blessed the people in this story. And I want, to t- I want to share with you about the unexpected star. The unexpected star. Today I want to talk to you about a story of wise men who saw a star and they decided to follow it. And what they found was better what, than what they thought. They found Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I found Jesus. I'm glad I found Jesus. And I wanna give you an opportunity to find Jesus today as well. If you've never met Jesus, he's here to meet with you. We're gonna end our service today with a moment of commitment, a moment for you to say yes to Jesus. We're also gonna end with a moment of worship. And our prayer team's gonna be up here at the front to help pray with you as you step into 2023. But I wanna lean into this idea of the unexpected star. So I wanna invite you to open up your Bible, your Westover app, to Matthew chapter two. We're gonna look at something that happened a couple months after Jesus was born, and it's the arrival of wise men, the people called the Magi. And so to set up the conversation and to help us understand the context, we're gonna look at verses one and two, and then verses seven and eight, and then I'm gonna unpack some truths out of verses nine, 10, and 11, some truths that we can take home with us as we step into the holiday season. So let's look at the word of God together. Matthew chapter two, verses one and two. Let's look together. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, that's just a fancy word for wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and and asked, where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. 
So after a conversation with Herod, who was the king in the palace in Jerusalem, they had a choice. They could have gone back home, but they decided to wait. And so Herod asked some men who were very learned in in the scripture, and they looked through and they said, the promised king would be born in Bethlehem. So the wise men decide, we're going to go to Bethlehem and see if if the promised king was born, and we're going to follow that star and, and discover whether he's there. So verse seven and eight says this, then Herod sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may worship him. These wise men journeyed hundreds of miles for months and months, dealing with difficulty, navigating the deserts, all because they had this belief that there was a newborn king and that they should go and give their very best to him. What they discovered was an unexpected blessing because Jesus is always better than we think. Oh, I'm gonna say that again. Jesus is always better than we think. He's always better than we think. And when we find him, we find not only peace and love, but we find transformation. And I believe some of us, we've been praying, God, would you just change my circumstance? And God hasn't answered it. And it's because he doesn't wanna change your circumstance He wants to change us. When God doesn't change our circumstances because he wants to change us. And that's the inner transformation that God wants to do in our life. So I want us to lean into this and discover some of the truths from God's word today. Here's the first truth I want to share with you. Jesus is a star worth looking for. Jesus is a star worth looking for. These men went on a journey to find Jesus. And he is the star worth looking for. We live in a time and in a culture that celebrates stars, YouTube stars, social media stars. People want to be followed on social media. But I want to reassure you that the only star worth following is Jesus. He's the only star worth following. And these men, they went to go find Jesus. Look what it says in verse 9. After they had heard the king, King Herod, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. These men, when they arrived at Jerusalem and they met King Herod and they found out that the newborn king wasn't in the palace, they decided to travel. They decided to travel to Bethlehem, a very small village. Most scholars seem to think that the town was about 600 people. Imagine that, a very small, humble town. And Jesus was born there and he was raised there for the first couple months of life. And they decide to go to find him. In other words, these wise men went to the ends of the earth to find Jesus. And here's my question for us today. How far are we willing to go to find Jesus? What are we willing to set aside? What are we willing to leave behind so we can go find him? He can be found He can be found. We can find him in his presence. We can find him definitely in the word of God. He's inviting us. Come find me. I think some of us struggle to find Jesus for two reasons. Number one, we struggle because we believe it should be easy to find him. Here's what I've discovered over life is that sometimes God hides himself from us. But he doesn't hide himself from us so that we can't find him. He hides himself from us so that we'll go and look for him. 
that will seek him. In fact, this is what the word of God says in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says this, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? With all of your heart. We should seek God with all of our heart, church. He's saying, will you look for me? Will you come find me? I kind of believe that, that looking for Jesus should be like looking for lost keys. Have you ever lost your keys and you're running late? What do you do? You look everywhere. You dump out your old purse. You even look in the refrigerator to see if you left your keys in the refrigerator. You're, you're shaking out your shoes. You're looking everywhere. You're trying your very best to look and find your keys. And I wonder if many of us, we look for our keys with more earnestness than we do for Jesus. I believe we need to look for Jesus just like that. But I think also, number two, some of us, we struggle to find Jesus because we rely on our feelings. We're raised in a culture, in a world that celebrates feelings. And it's all about our feelings and whatever we feel is right. And if it feels good, do it. Well, feelings, yes, they're facts. They're part of your emotional, subjective experience. But the problem is, is that we have made feelings truth. Feelings are not truth. Feelings are not truth. Faith is truth. Faith is truth. Why? Because faith is believing what God said, even when we can't see what God is doing. Faith is believing what God said in his word, even when we can't seem to see what God is doing. And God is inviting us to grow our faith. In fact, I think faith is kind of like the, like the control panel of a pilot. When a pilot is flying through turbulence or in the clouds, they have to rely on their instruments to make sure that they're flying level and at the right altitude and in the right direction. I think what happens for us many times is that when chaos hits or we can't see what's happening right in front of us, we take a nosedive and we crash and burn. Instead of relying on the word of God to get us where we need to be, why? Because if we follow Jesus, he will always lead us to the destination that he has for us. And at the end of that destination is unexpected blessings. And we need to lean in and let God lead us where we need to be. Let God's truth be your compass and not your feelings. And these wise men, they chose to follow the truth of God's word to find Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but these wise men were astronomers. They were people who studied the moon, the stars, the sun, comets. They looked up to the night sky on a regular basis to see what was happening. They were very interested in that. But one particular night, something miraculous happened, something unexpected happened in their life. And they saw a star rise in the night sky. Now, if you know anything about astronomy, you know that stars do what? If they come down, they come down, and these are comets, and, and they end up evaporating into the, into the earth atmosphere. But stars never rise from the bottom up. And so they were confused. They couldn't understand this phenomenon. So what did they do? These wise men looked through ancient texts. For you see, they lived in a place called Persia, which is now modern day Iraq, but at one point was Babylon. And so they looked through the ancient texts, even some ancient Jewish texts, and they came across a writing that we now know is Numbers 24, 17. And it says this, 
It is a prophecy about Jesus. It says this, I see him, but not here now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. When these men saw this passage, they said, this is the only thing that can explain what we see in the night sky. We must go and see this newborn king. We must go and find him. Because if we see this phenomena that is an absolute miracle, we must go see what this is all about. So they went on a journey to find Jesus. In fact, one, one astronomer who's a Christian believes that this was not just a star, but the actual visible presence of God. It's called a theophany. We have evidence of theophanies in the Bible. The burning bush of Moses, the pillar of fire that led the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness, the appearance of tongues of fire over the disciples on the day of Pentecost. God was giving them a GPS to get where they needed to go. He gave them a visible God positioning system. And if we look carefully, God has also given us a GPS. He's given us a visible theophany, a visible expression of who he is in the word of God. If you're ever lost, all you have to do is look at the word of God and it'll lead you right where you need to go. Doesn't matter what the culture says about the authority of scripture. God's word is God breathed. It's authoritative. It's infallible. We can trust it. We don't have to believe what someone says on social media about God's word. We could go directly to it and read and he'll lead us right where we need to be. In fact, what they saw actually, actually resonates with what we see in Psalm 119, 105. It says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Here it is. Trust Jesus, the star, and he'll get you to the destination. He'll get you to the destiny he has for you. Here's the second truth we can learn from this story. Find Jesus and you'll find joy. Say it with me. Find Jesus and you'll find joy. Look at verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they were what? Overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. I believe these wise men were overjoyed for two reasons. Number one, because they got to their destination. Have you ever come back from vacation and you finally get home and you're like, oh, I've arrived. I get to sleep in my bed. I don't know about you, but hotel beds are never as good as being at home in your own home. These men had arrived at the destination that they had been planning to reach for months and months. But the second reason, more important reason, was they were overjoyed because they were gonna meet the newborn king. They were overjoyed. They were excited. The word of God says that they came to the house and they saw the child. It wasn't just any old house. It was the house of God. It was the house of God. And when they arrived at the house of God, they were overjoyed. And here's my question. What is your posture and perspective when you come to the house of God? Are you excited? Are you overjoyed? Do you come in with anticipation? Or are you coming in just to check the box, to do your spiritual duty, to just come in and then leave? Got me thinking this week about our devotion to sports teams. I want you to think for a moment. If someone gave you courtside seats to the Spurs game with the opportunity to have a pregame meet and greet with the players and get autographs, here's my question. Would you get to the game late? 
No, you get there early. I wonder if some of us are more devoted to our teams than we are to God. Here's a quick heart check. If we proudly wear our jersey to support our team, even in the face of criticism, our team is losing. Many of us, we've been experiencing this for decades with the Cowboys, but we still wear the jersey. I know. Lord Jesus, help us this year. We wear it in the face of criticism because we support the team. But here's the heart check. If we don't pray before a meal in front of our coworkers, if we don't bring our Bible to work, if we come late to church and leave early, what does that say about our devotion? God's inviting us to be more devoted to him. Here's the, the plain truth. The Spurs can't save us and neither can the Cowboys, but Jesus can. We need to put our faith and hope in him. When the wise men arrived, they bowed down and they worshiped him. Why? Because they understood who they were right in front of. I want to share it to you this way. Our perspective about God determines our priority of God and our posture towards God. What does that mean? What we think about God determines what priority he has in our life. Is he number one or is he number 12 on our priority list? And our posture to him. Sometimes I hear teenagers call their parents by their first name. Ooh, I have a little allergy to that. I even heard one kid call his mom bro. And I'm like, what is this? Jesus is our friend, but he's also the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he deserves honor and respect and praise. And these wise men understood. And because of that, they bowed down and they worshiped the king. God is inviting us to worship him, not because he wants us to be, he wants to embarrass us, it's because when we have a posture of worship, he can bless us. If we're proud and we're arrogant and we have it all figured out, God can't bless us. Why? Because our heart blocks his blessings. But if we're surrendered to him and we allow him to, we allow him to be in our life and we say, God, I can't do life without you. I won't do life without you. He says, with that posture and that heart, I can bless you. God wants to lead us to unexpected blessings. He wants to bless you. These men bowed down and they worshiped him. And this was especially significant. Why? Because these men were not only astronomers who studied the stars, but it's also highly likely that they were astrologers, which means they worshiped the sun, the moon, and the stars. That's what they knew. But on that fateful night when they arrived at the house of God, something miraculously changed. They went from worshiping the creation to worshiping the creator. Here's the practical application for us today. Don't look for wisdom and direction from the sun, the moon, and the stars, from your horoscope, from a Ouija board, from tarot cards, from going to a curandero, from going to someone who can heal with magic crystals, to running to other things other than God, even social media or working too much. We can have small idols that take the place of God. All we need to do is look for Jesus. 
Because if we follow Jesus, he will lead us to unexpected blessings. If you choose to find Jesus, you'll find the wisdom and the direction that you need. Because Jesus said this of himself in John 14, verse six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus made an exclusive claim about who he is. He says, don't look for anything else to get you to where you need to be because I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you need wisdom and direction, connect with Jesus and he'll get you where you need to be. But more than that, you'll find love and joy and peace and reassurance and wisdom and strength. You'll find all that you need because Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything that we need in this life. And today at the end of service, we're gonna have the opportunity to bow down and worship the Lord. We're gonna have the opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus together. And I want you even now, I want you to come in with a posture like the wise men did, a willingness to say, God, I just want you to move in my life. I'm willing to set aside all of the regality that I have in life, all the titles, all the degrees, all that I have and bow down to you. These men were wealthy. They were men of prominence. But in the face of meeting Jesus, they couldn't help themselves but bow down and worship him. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna miss the moment and the opportunity that I get, that we all get to bow down and worship the Lord. This is an opportunity he's invited us to take a hold of. Here's the third and final truth we can learn from this story. Give Jesus your heart. Give Jesus your heart. These wise men, they gave Jesus their very best. They not only opened their heart to worship God, but they gave of their treasure. Today, God wants us to give him our heart because our heart is worth the most to him. It's one of the reasons why also here at Westover, we give freely unto the Lord. It's the reason why we return the tithe and the offering is because God is worthy. We give because we love Jesus. We give because we love Jesus. We give because he gave to us. And he's inviting us to give our whole heart, our whole life to him. Look at what it says in verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Back in the ancient times, these gifts were fit for a king. You and I, we know that gold is very valuable. But back then, frankincense and myrrh were equally valuable as gold. And if we just stop there, yes, Jesus, because he's the king, deserves gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But these three items actually pointed to who he is. Each element, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, spoke to part of God's nature. See, gold acknowledges that Jesus is the king. Why? Because crowns and scepters are made of gold. And gold, gold is a way to honor a king. Frankincense, it acknowledges that Jesus is the high priest, our high priest. Why? Because in ancient times, frankincense was used to create a holy incense that was reserved for the Lord. If you look at Exodus 30, there's instructions to the priests that they were to create a holy incense that was reserved for God and that this incense was intended to be put in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was 
you look at, if you look at the Old Testament, there was the Ark of the Covenant where back then the presence of God resided. And the priests would go in and they would sprinkle this incense to honor God. They gave their very best. And myrrh, myrrh actually speaks to two aspects of the nature of Jesus. Number one, it speaks to the fact that he is the Messiah. The word Messiah means the anointed one. For you see, myrrh was used to create a holy anointing oil. And it speaks to the fact that Jesus is the anointed one, the expected promised savior. It also speaks to the fact that Jesus is the lamb of God who can take away the sin of the world. Why? Because myrrh was used to honor the dead in Jewish funerals. And when it was entrusted to him as a baby, it was actually foreshadowing his death. In fact, there was a man who was very wealthy at the time of Jesus' death and he honored Jesus with pounds and pounds of myrrh to honor the fact that Jesus had changed his life. I don't know about you, but God has an unexpected blessing for you today. And as I close, I wanna invite you to stand with me, front to back, side to side, online family, I invite you to stay with us. This is a moment with the Lord. These wise men showed up like all of you did to meet Jesus. But I don't know about you, I wanna be more like the wise men than like Herod. Herod said, find him for me and then come back. He didn't go, but the wise men did. This is an opportunity for us to be like the wise men, for us to say yes to Jesus. I don't want this moment to pass without giving you an opportunity to meet this Jesus who came to earth as a baby, who grew up, performed a public ministry, died a criminal's death, the death that we deserved to pay the debt of sin. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead and now he's he's seated at the right hand of the Father. I want you to meet him today. Here at Westover, we think it's very clear to say yes to Jesus. It's as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because the truth is all of us need Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need him to lead us. B, it's believing in your heart that he died on the cross to pay the debt of sin that you have with God. And C, it's confessing from your heart, with your mouth out loud, that you want him to forgive your sin and to be in charge of your life. And I wanna give you this opportunity to have that moment like the wise men did. And so here's what I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna invite all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you're here and you want to say yes to Jesus, on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hands. You're not joining this church. You're just saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. One, two, three. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus sees you. Here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. Those of you who have your hands up, I'm gonna invite you to say this prayer. In fact, I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer together. And what we're doing is we're recommitting our life to the Lord. So say this prayer from your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive my sin. I need you to lead my life. I need you to help me follow you. Lead me forward, Lord. Be in charge of my life. I set aside everything 
that gets in the way of you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. If you just said that prayer, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. I just invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. Now, we're gonna step into a prayer moment and a worship moment. I'm gonna invite our prayer team to come forward. And here's my appeal. Nobody moving just yet, nobody leaving. I sense in my heart for this moment that some of you were needing divine direction as you step into 2023. You're right at the point where you need to make some important decisions about your future, about your family, and you need God to give you clarity. You need Jesus to be the star that leads you where you need to go. And I wanna give you an opportunity to pray with one of our prayer team members so they can pray with you that God would give you the clarity that you need. The clarity that you need to step confidently into what God has for you. I've seen this time and again. When you know that you know that you know that you've heard from the Lord, you can step confidently into the future. And I believe that God wants to do that for you. So our prayer team is going to be available here as well. But also, I want to appeal to those of you who just want to be like the wise men and bow and worship him. So what I'm going to invite you to do is, if you don't need prayer, I'm going to invite you to just come up and just kneel at the altar and just say, I'm here to worship you, Lord. I'm here to receive more from you because he wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you right where you're at and give you exactly what he needs, gives you exactly what you need in this moment. And what you need is more of him. And so as our team leads us, I'm just gonna invite you to come. I'm just gonna invite you to come. I'm just gonna invite you to come and just take a step forward. Jesus wants to meet with you. Let's meet with him today. Let's worship the king together.